This is the World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. America's Justice Department found a new batch of classified documents at President Joe Biden's private residence. After a 13-hour search, officials seized documents from Mr. Biden's tenure in the Senate and as vice president. The discovery is the latest in a series of such findings that have caused a furor over Mr. Biden's mishandling of government files. Earlier this month, Merrick Garland, the attorney general, appointed a special counsel to review Mr. Biden's case. The foreign ministers of Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania urged Germany to send the Leopard 2 tanks it makes to Ukraine. Quote, Germany, as the leading European power, has special responsibility in this regard, they wrote, a day after Germany had confirmed to Western officials its reluctance to do so. Other countries could also provide leopards, but export controls mean that German hesitation affects them too. Relations between Sweden and Turkey worsened after a far-right politician burnt a copy of the Koran at a protest in Stockholm outside the Turkish embassy. The Turkish foreign ministry called the decision to permit the demonstration, quote, completely unacceptable. A planned visit to Ankara by Sweden's defense minister had already been canceled. Turkey's objections are holding up the accession to NATO of both Sweden and Finland. Peru's government closed Machu Picchu, the country's most famous tourist destination, because of continuing protests against President Dina Boluarte, in which dozens have been killed, including at least one on Saturday. Hundreds of tourists are reported to be stranded at the 15th-century Inca fortress. Protesters have, for months, demanded the president's resignation and fresh elections. The senior epidemiologist at China's Center for Disease Control and Prevention has argued that, with around 80% of the population already infected with COVID-19, a further big wave of the virus is unlikely. But Wu Zanyo conceded on social media that the five billion journeys around the country people are expected to make over the current spring festival will spread the epidemic farther afield. The Iranian rial dropped to a record low against the dollar as inflation continued to spiral. A year ago, the dollar was worth well under 300,000 rials on unofficial markets. Now, it will fetch more than 440,000. Protests that have disturbed Iran since September have petered out, but the country must still contend with the daunting international sanctions that were imposed to persuade it to curb its nuclear program. Amazon's cloud computing arm said it planned to spend $35 billion on new data centers in Virginia. The state is a hub for Internet infrastructure and has offered Amazon Web Services several incentives to expand its presence there. The world's largest provider of cloud computing services is hoping the investment will help it stay ahead of the competition in a rapidly expanding market. And word of the week, chuanyu, meaning pure desire in Mandarin. The makeup style from China, which involves trying to look alluring and innocent all at once, is now trending in Japan. 
And now, here's a deeper look at the day ahead. France and Germany's Fractious Friendship Sixty years after France and Germany signed a treaty to cement their friendship, the two countries will hold a bilateral summit in Paris on Sunday. President Emmanuel Macron and Chancellor Olaf Scholz will speak before scores of ministers and parliamentarians at the Sorbonne. Then they will hold a joint cabinet meeting and finish with dinner à deux. The summit comes at a tricky time. Russia's war on Ukraine has exposed long-standing differences between the two countries, notably over defense and energy. The two governments have struggled to find common ground. Their leaders lack personal chemistry. Some countries closer to Russia's borders argue that France and Germany have lost their leadership roles in Europe. But such troubles will doubtless be put aside during the festivities in Paris. France and Germany often disagree, only to find a way to resolve their differences. The pair have little option but to keep trying, however difficult it seems right now. Rose would-be 50th anniversary. A different mood will loom over Sunday's public gatherings for Roe v. Wade Day, the 50th anniversary of the Supreme Court decision that established a constitutional right to abortion. Seven justices backed Roe in 1973. Last June, five voted to ditch it as, quote, egregiously wrong from the start. Organizers are pitching Sunday's rallies as, quote, bigger than Roe and a fight for a feminist future. In the past few months, pro-choicers have won several state-level skirmishes over reproductive rights. Six states, including Kansas, Kentucky, and Michigan, have held referendum votes that either solidified abortion rights or repelled efforts to undermine them. A new rule from the Food and Drug Administration makes abortion pills easier to acquire in many pharmacies and by mail. Overall, though, the horizon for abortion rights is grim in post-Roe America. Women in at least 13 states who could legally end their pregnancies a year ago now lack that right. America's National Football League holds playoffs. This weekend, the remaining eight teams in contention for the NFL championship on February 12th will be whittled down to four. For the first time in 13 years, neither the 45-year-old Tom Brady, whose Tampa Bay Buccaneers lost to the Dallas Cowboys last weekend, nor the 39-year-old Aaron Rodgers, whose Green Bay Packers missed the playoffs, are among the final octet. All eight remaining quarterbacks are in their 20s. Which ones prove as enduring as Mr. Brady and Mr. Rogers remains to be seen. The weekend's most compelling storyline may be in Buffalo, where the Bills face the Cincinnati Bengals for the second time in three weeks. Their last meeting ended without a winner. The game was canceled when DeMar Hamlin collapsed with a stopped heart after taking a helmet to the chest. But with the Bills struggling against the Dolphins last weekend, the Kansas City Chiefs, who have appeared in two of the past three Super Bowls, are the betters' clear favorite to win the title. A big-screen adaptation of Cat Person Perhaps not since 1948 and The Lottery, Shirley Jackson's tale of ritualized cruelty in an American town, 
has one of the New Yorker's short stories attracted so much attention. Cat Person, by Kristen Rupenian, became an internet sensation after its publication in 2017. It has now been adapted into a film, which premieres this weekend at the Sundance Film Festival. Cat Person describes a brief, discomforting liaison. Margot, Amelia Jones, a 20-year-old student, meets Robert, Nicholas Braun of succession fame, a 34-year-old man. They flirt, text, and go on a date. That evening, despite Margot's increasing revulsion, they have sex. Female readers saw it as a distillation of the grim lengths to which women will go to avoid seeming, in Margot's words, spoiled and capricious. Male readers argued that Robert merely followed his date's lead. The new film will reignite the discussion about the power dynamics of contemporary relationships. Weekend Profile Matteo Messina Denaro Captured Mafioso Kind, very kind, was how a fellow patient remembered the man she knew as Andrea Bonafede. In a television interview, the woman described how he had befriended her while they were undergoing chemotherapy at the Maddalena Hospital in Palermo, Sicily. Andrea, whose colon cancer was spreading to his liver, had swapped telephone numbers not just with her but with some of her girlfriends. Then on Monday, he was arrested, identified as Italy's most wanted man, Matteo Messina Denaro, and accused of some of the most appalling crimes in Italy's recent history. Nicknamed Usiku, the skinny one, and more sinisterly as Diabolique, Mr. Messina Denaro was among the Sicilian mafia bosses who felt themselves so powerful in the early 1990s that they could take on the state. He was a leading ally of the Corleonesi clan, which originated in the market town of Corleone, and which wrested control of Cosa Nostra with the campaign of unparalleled savagery. It was he and his friends who planted the bombs that killed the anti-mafia prosecutors Giovanni Falcone and Paolo Borsellino, and who mounted a campaign of terror attacks to try to bend the government of the day to their will. Mr. Messina Denaro had the reputation of a playboy, elegant and with a taste for fast cars and attractive women. Indeed, the police found that Mr. Bonafede's watch was worth 35,000 euros, $37,800. His fellow patient noted that, even in the torrid heat of a Sicilian summer, Andrea always arrived at the hospital in a formal, long-sleeved shirt. For many years, it was assumed that he had succeeded the Corleonesi's leader, Salvatore Rina, as, quote, boss of bosses. But the latest view is that, while a symbol of the mafia's ability to defy the law, he was never more than the kingpin of his native province of Trapani. Still, the significance of Mr. Messina Denaro's arrest is that he was the last of those bosses still at large more than 30 years later. His capture sends a powerful message that the state always wins, eventually. The winners of this week's quiz. Thank you to everyone who took part in this week's quiz. The winners, chosen at random, were Corinne Kershey, Ontario, Canada Richard H. Moore, 
Polly's Island, South Carolina. Dave Moore, Fripp Island, South Carolina. They all gave the correct answers of Wild Cherry, Rowan Atkinson, Hazel, John Birch Society, and Aspen. The theme is trees. Cherry, Rowan, Hazel, Birch, and Aspen. And visit the Espresso app for our new weekend crossword, designed for experienced cruciverbalists and newcomers alike. Finally, here's the quote of the day from George Orwell. We know that no one ever seizes power with the intention of relinquishing it. That's The World in Brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening. 